Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode, I proudly feature Frank Wimberly. His abstract painting is a continuous adventure. Born in 1926 in New Jersey, he currently divides his time between Corona, Queens, and Sag Harbor, New York. He is a well-known presence in the art scene on the eastern end of Long Island and an important figure in African-American art since the 1960s. Acclaimed for his dynamic, multi-layered, and sophisticated paintings, Frank Wimberly is among the leading contemporary artists to continue in the abstract expressionist tradition. In 2013, Frank had a solo exhibition at Guildhall, East Hampton. In 2018, Frank was included in the Arts of Art and Rebuttal, an exhibition revisiting the 1971 exhibition, Rebuttal to the Whitney Museum Exhibition, Black Artists in Rebuttal at the Hunter College Art Galleries. And in 2021, he was included in Creating Community, Sing K Gallery Artists at the Art Students League in New York. Frank Wimberly's work is included in numerous public and private collections, including the Art Institute of Chicago, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, Smithsonian American Art Museum, the Studio Museum of Harlem. Please visit the Barry Campbell Gallery's website for his expanded bio. Enjoy this episode featuring Frank Wimberly. Frank, it's a real pleasure to feature you on my, my podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I want to talk about a lot of different things. Let's open up with you sharing, when did you discover your artistic passion? I, I actually discovered it when I was in high school. I had a very good art teacher, and uh, she paid a lot of attention to me. Obviously, there must have been a reason for that. I remember at the time, my mother had a great deal of magazines, like, like especially Vogue magazines. And uh, I paid a lot of attention to the fashions and uh, the, uh, the things that supported the fashions, which actually turned out to be art. And uh, I enjoyed the simplicity of their work. And uh, of course, it was a far uh, cry from what I'm doing now. But that was the beginning, I think, as I think of it now. I had a teacher by the name of her last name was Chegwidden, which I thought was a very interesting name, but she was very good herself as an artist. I read your bio and I, I saw that your mother um, was also an artist. My mother was interested in art, but not to the degree that uh, she could uh, give me any scholarly approaches about it. But uh, she enjoyed all the things in life. We both enjoyed music. 
So she was instrumental in getting me to the Earl Theater in Philadelphia, which is not far away from where we lived in Moorestown. And uh, we had a cousin who played in Duke Ellington's band. And he was very famous, actually. But just to give me a start, she took me to see Louis Armstrong in person. That was fantastic. Is that when you really fell in love with jazz? Oh, yes. Because we always had some jazz in the home. And I was playing constantly while she was at work in the home. And do you listen to jazz while you work? It was always jazz, with the exception of uh, the classics that I enjoyed as well. And uh, I got so that I knew many of the compositions because my mother was a pianist as well. And my sister was uh, a pianist. She was a classical pianist. Let's talk about your work. Sure. What materials do you use? What do you incorporate into your work? Today, what I'm using is uh, I like working on paper. I like a good paper, a good heavy paper, because when I paint, I think I paint with the same vigor on paper as I do on canvas. And I like using acrylics because I learn through practice when you're using acrylics, you have an ability to make changes or to uh, see the work uh, dry. I need time between, say, the, the acrylics can dry and change overnight. And I welcome the change. I welcome any kind of uh, approach that is going to affect what I do in the future. Do you think about your audience when you're working? Not really. I'm a little selfish that way. I think that I, well, today I think about my audience. But at that time, I was thinking mostly about what I could uh, approach. How do you feel as you approach a canvas and prepare and get ready to paint or paper? Well, approaching a canvas was uh, something I looked, looked forward to. And to look professional, I learned to be a professional by seeing the artists that I were some of my favorites. And it just so happened that they were abstract painters. And I liked getting some of the effects that they got. So I also learned to use various materials so that uh, whatever I put on canvas or on paper would be of my own making. And that gave me my own personality to proceed. So what are you currently working on now? I am not working on paintings per se. I'm working on some collages. The last show that I had at Barry Campbell was called Collage. And uh, I produced some work for that show as well as I had some work that had already been produced some time ago. And uh, they got such raves from my dealers that I knew then what I would have to do. I, I can remember working on one uh, canvas that was quite different for me. But that came from what has become my ability to work and uh, think about what I'm going to do. And I usually go back to what I've done in the past to make some 
some approaches. And that has been my best friend, my work that I've done in the past. What does your workspace look like? I am very happy that you're not here to see this workplace because there are many times when you, in making these approaches, you are making mistakes, but you have to have a freedom in order to do this work. I've done most of my work here in this, in my studio, which is in the basement of this house. And uh, there was a certain excitement of uh, creating a painting and then getting up in the morning to see exactly what I have done and how the paints have reacted. That was my friend, the acrylics. I tried working with oils at one time, but I didn't prefer them because I had no idea what the outcome would be if I worked in oils because oils take sometimes a long time to dry. I love working in the summertime so that the natural feel of uh, the work drying under the sun or sometimes in my backyard I work and uh, there's a response that I get from acrylics that I don't get from oils. Was there a point where you incorporated found objects into your work? Oh, absolutely. That was one of the things I learned from painters like Picasso. Picasso, he loved putting various objects into his work. And I learned to do that as long as the works did something to make a contribution to the work piece. I remember one of my other favorites was Tapies. He had a great deal of respect, as Picasso did, for found objects. I remember also using sand. And that was a derivative of uh, being close. I think Picasso did that also. Or at least I got the feeling that he did. So I, I didn't bar anything as long as it made a contribution to the work. The sand, was that Sag Harbor sand? Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, there's a story to that because my mother used to take myself and my sister to Atlantic City because we weren't that far from Atlantic City. I think it was 54 miles. And for a good summer outing, we would drive there, sit on the beach. I remember the sand from so long ago. It was a very soft sand. And it was a beautiful pearl gray. So a friend of mine was going to Atlantic City. So I said, of all the things I would like for you to do is bring me a small bag of sand from that beach. And I remember recently that uh, a collage of mine that I had used that sand and it gave it so much character and it gave me so much, so many fond memories of being there in Atlantic City. I was born in Pleasantville, New Jersey, which is not that far from Atlantic City. So I guess something happened during that time <laughs> when I was attached to the beach. I would love the ocean, and I still do. I tried to go to some of the beaches in Sag Harbor to use that sand, but it was not of the same feeling that I got. So the feelings were memories as well as the uh, texture of the sand. 
It's wonderful that you incorporate the memories into your work. Oh, yes. When you were socially in the jazz community, did any of those friends collect your work? It seemed to me that the musicians that I cared for so much, when they made recordings, they would do the recordings in such a manner that uh, their notoriety came from the kind of music they played, as well as the, uh, I would say, the, the instruments that they played. And they also made what they were, in art you call them, additions. But in the case of these musicians, they were called jazz records. And they were reproduced and produced, and, uh, and that's the way they became famous. I'm not looking for fame as much as I am. That same attitude about my work. And I found that to be very helpful in that the, the uh, works that I've done in the past have their own validity and um, have given me a chance to see what else I can do with that. You have an opening soon, right? At the Duck Crete Art Center? Yes, I, I have been to that gallery. And uh, I love the look of it. The work that I was doing in the past, I felt would go very well in that gallery. So I was very happy to be invited by Christine, my dealer, and uh, the dealer of that gallery. Because they have, since the time that I was there, I understand that they have remodeled or made changes. And then they made choices of what would be good for them to uh, use in a show that I have not even prepared for. But I think that's a good thing because it means that they do care for the work and made their uh, preliminary choices. And then when I asked about any of other uh, works that they would like to have, they had gone ahead and made choices. So I'm looking forward to this show as much as they are, very much so. That's fantastic. What do you feel is the purpose of art? Art is an expression for those who produce it. There are people who can connect with that and uh, connect with uh, the things that are going on in the world today and the things that have gone on in the past. And that, I think, is the, the true purpose of the art. People then can connect with what it is you do as well as connect with the things that are going on in the world. Where they, whether they are fortunate or unfortunate, we are all hoping for something that is fortunate. And I'd like that to go on. So that becomes my purpose. When people view your art, do you wonder if they understand your purpose? I do wonder, but that doesn't interfere with anything. I think for the most part, I've seen so many, many favorable reactions. And this is from showing the works in various places. And uh, people have become infect affected, that is, by what it is I do. And I appreciate that. It encourages me. This has been a great conversation. I appreciate your time. And uh, this is our final question. What do you feel is your role as an artist? Well, just as I said before, uh, my, my role is to form a connection 
between what it is I do and the things that are going on in the world today. And uh, the things that are going on in the world today need a connection with art, whether it is beauty, hopefully it is beauty. That is, it's not, uh, it's not favored by politics at all, that the work is well done and has a sense of uh, introducing something new to people who become interested in it. So it does have a very firm purpose and that purpose transcends to me. And uh, hopefully I would like to introduce something new in my work that is uh, favorable and recognizable in some senses and uh, that the world at large can see a connection and see that there is a necessity for this work. It has become that to me, a necessity. I'm sure it's very rewarding. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a great conversation. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.